0: Hello, everyone. Welcome into Living Liberty today. I'm your host, Charlie Earle. This is episode 94 Bear, as in Bear Market, perhaps. You know what they say? Either you get the bear or the bear gets you, and that's sort of where we're headed. I've seen numerous predictions that suggest that we may be going into a bear market. On the other hand, and not necessarily counterintuitively, just seems like a natural progression. A lot of stock analysts and advisors are predicting or suggesting, I'm sorry, that we should buy into the market now when it's at its lower ebb. Uh, I, I agree with that sentiment only to the point that if you are selectively picking stocks rather than an overall index type of uh, view uh, that may be a way to go i um i think we're in little precarious times right now that the money supply for example in the united states has increased by 40 percent since the end of january uh, that's unsustainable that explains a lot why why your gas prices are so high and and food costs are so high plus the shortage of food and the breakdown of the supply chain and things of that nature uh i'll just say as anecdotally around here locally i live in northwest ohio and around here locally the wheat crop uh first of all seems smaller than normal acreage so i don't see it all i just travel certain roads day to day Uh, but it does seem like there are fewer acres planted and what's planted doesn't look all that robust to me as we get close to June, a week or so away from going into June, so i'm I'm a tad bit alarmed about the prospects for wheat here in Northwest Ohio, given we aren't the big growing areas we aren't Kansas by any means of the of the word, but yet Western Ohio is a pretty good indicator of what's happening nationally. We are like a microcosm of uh, What goes on in other parts of the country, our corn, for example, might reflect what's happening in Iowa, our wheat, maybe what's happening in Kansas, although we know weather patterns are rather fickle and could have uh, varying impacts on different parts of the country in the growing areas. But nevertheless, we do have a phenomenal high cost of fertilizer and a shortage in that as well, which is certainly going to impact the corn crop. And uh, as we had stated on a previous uh, Living Liberty Today, uh, a lot of farmers are switching over to beans because of the lack of fertilizer requirements for beans that we have for corn. So it remains to be seen how all this shakes out. Bottom line is the consumer is going to get hit at the gas pump in the grocery store. That's the way it goes. It's the way it's going what we don't know for sure and what we'll probably never know because the people account or people responsible are never held accountable, how much of this could have been prevented or minimized. But the fact is our government, uh, is not working for us. It's working against us. And I suspect a lot of facets of the entire government apparatus don't take individuals, uh, in mind when they make decisions, they see us as a big mass and conglomerate of one or maybe several groups all having the same traits, the same ideas, the same dreams, the same aspirations, the same needs, the same requirements, which is ludicrous because we are a nation of individuals. And I know on any level of government, especially for 330 million people, it's almost impossible to treat everyone like an individual, which I would argue then is the greatest argument for smaller, bare-to-the-bones, minimally functionalist government. So anyway, that's my little, my little uh, rant going forward here. Some of the stories I have this week from uh, Thursday the 19th, on the uh, Breitbart Business Digest, they have a number of different articles as they usually do. They have a sort of like a, I don't know, an, a, an accumulation of articles that are going, uh, of things going on around in the markets and so forth. And uh, they talked about the Republicans have a bill to fight back against woke capitalism. Okay, first of all, um excuse my rough language here but that's pissing into the wind first of all republicans don't have the power to do it secondly democrats won't join them they have no reason to do it and third let the stockholders beat them up don't make it a government issue and then biden's america gas prices climb for 10 consecutive days Uh, J.P. Morgan is forecasting an average $6 per gallon. Uh, So, again, that varies. Uh, We have even here in northwest Ohio, we have a variance of about a dime from high to low. Uh, But California certainly is going to have their massive gas prices. It's going to impact all that. But a $6 average is not economically uh, favorable home sales fall again but the prices of homes keep rising and that's because we had the shortage of housing before although the sales fell because of the increasing interest rates it seems like people have the uncanny i shouldn't say uncanny unwise goal that they should buy as much house as they can creep out of their out of their monthly income and uh That's like, I sold cars when I was in grad school one summer. And one of the things people would ask was, not the price of the car, it didn't matter. They wanted to know what their monthly payment would be. And uh, that's sort of where we are now in home sales. That they want to know what their monthly mortgage payment will be rather than what the cost of the home is. Is it a a sound economic decision and so forth? My advice to you if you're looking at buying a first home or another home uh, is buy the home that'll do the job for the least amount of money you have to spend instead of trying to get the most house for the value. Though some people I suspect would be buying their homes also as an investment opportunity, thinking that this home inflation will continue. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Doug Casey's International Man from Friday the 20th. Fascinating. Uh, I love the way he writes. I love the way he thinks. And, uh, you know, he's basically retired now. But Chris McIntosh wrote for Doug's column this time. And it was the net zero agenda has devastating consequences Here's what you need to know. I would urge you to look at that. all the things we have that impact this so-called net zero thing where they want to get us down to in essence zero emissions, which is a pipe stream and they want to do it rather quickly, which is a bigger pipe and a bigger dream. and it just didn't seem feasible or logical at the time. That's why we suspect that a lot of the ongoing Fossil fuel prices, gasoline, uh, heating fuel, diesel, things of that nature, are up because part of it is because of government intention, uh, rather than just a result of of supply chain issues. As we know, they've been discouraging new uh, new drilling rights and pipelines and a whole nine yards. But I would, I would. Urge you to read this Net Zero Agenda Has Devastating Consequences. Here's What You Need to Know by Chris McIntosh, and it's in the Doug Casey's International Man Communique from Friday the 20th. And it is just, you know, it's all stuff you already know, but what it does, he puts it in a nice package so it's all together in one place and you can make some sense out of it. Anyway. From uh, the Bleeding Edge, Jeff Brown's, one of Jeff Brown's many uh, things he participates in from Friday, May 20th, it's called Let Time Do the Heavy Lifting, and it talks about in there about Coinbase, you know, how they took a big hit and all kinds of red flags and alarms going off, and he writes about how to invest in quantum computing and bold calls in the midst of fear. But he did, he does, and the one thing I think is quite insightful, that part of the Coinbase issue was the government reallocation or reexamination or redetermination of how uh, their valuation is determined. And one of the things that government says now, the guidelines that they have, and thank gosh, government is so helpful all the time. Um, what they've done it basically includes the assets of the investors or the people who have money in in the base, and that's something that might be a little problematic going forward. It's as if, and and I and I understand this may be the case. The money you have in the bank is considered an asset for the bank. You are basically loaning that money to the bank. You don't own it. So if the bank goes belly up and has to liquidate, guess who's uh, $552.11 is at risk at that point. Yes, you're insured for up to a quarter of a million dollars. But if this becomes a broader across the market type of thing, the FDIC, well, they just have to get the fed to print more money so they could pay it out and then you'd run out of money before they got to you you know the person with uh, twenty three thousand dollars or the people with two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars would get theirs first you're five hundred and fifty two dollars and nineteen cents to go sayonara of course it doesn't matter that much anyway if you did get it back Inflation would be even higher and faster, so by the time you walked out of the front door of the bank, it'd be worth $419.19. Anyway, Pew Research Center had their weekly thing out. I uh, fill you in on some of that from time to time. One thing I found particularly interesting was they did some research, and they found out that the... Share of black adults who said in an April survey that crime is a very big problem in the U- U.S. Uh, was 78%. 78% of African Americans said that crime was a big issue in the U.S. today. Uh, 57% Hispanics, 42% for whites. Uh, Let me say, all the racial differences aside, and and a lot of that is based on where you live, not so much the color of your skin, but even when the lowest percentage is 42% that thinks crime is a big issue and a problem, that is a problem. We shouldn't have 42% of the people of any color, of any race, worrying about crime so anyway and uh one final one this is from nomi prince and she does a weekly thing on fridays uh, q a type thing people write her questions and then she tries to come up with an answer gives them an answer and uh she uh she's somebody one of her people wrote in and asked what What's the, the holdings of the U.S. gold reserves? Are they there and have they been audited? Uh, supposedly, the reserve is in the U.S. is 8,133 metric tons of gold. I'll tell you this, I wouldn't bet my kids on it. Uh, has there been an audit to prove we have that? Okay. And uh, so her answer is roughly half of the U.S. gold. Is stored at Fort Knox. And the rest of it is stored at Mintz in Philadelphia, Denver, West Point, and San Francisco. Uh, The Fort Knox thing was built in 1937, but security has been upgraded. But the last audit of U.S. gold reserves, take a guess, my friends and family. The last audit was in 1986. So uh, I'm not betting that the U.S. has 8,133 metric tons of gold. I think some of that is wizardry in calculating how much they think they have. Just my thoughts. Sorry about that. Hey, I want to encourage you to avoid the bear. Don't let the bear get you. I want you to live free, be free, and stay free. This is Living Liberty Today, and I'm Charlie Earle.